Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I am your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. We are having the community pub and thankful that uh, LC Power Tools comes on and we're going to have a great discussion with them. You can find me on social at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. If you are on TikTok or the new clubhouse, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch with me, though, shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. Bob, let's start with you, man. Thank you for taking your time to come on. Uh, Tell us what beer you're drinking and uh, where do people find you on social media? Well, I'm drinking um, Coors Light, uh, kind of a local beer, nothing, you know, you know, we're not too far from Colorado anyway, so I can get away with that. Um, and you can find us at uh, www.lakecountrypowertools.com. Um, we're always around and we're always wanting to hear from you and go from there. Cool. Thanks, Scotty. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Uh, what are you drinking and where do people find you on social uh, I'm drinking uh, Juice Mix by a uh, local brewery here in, out of Milwaukee. Uh, it's it's uh, just a, a light. It's called a Little Juicy IPA. So, uh, Do you normally like, uh, is that what you yep. like? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah, me too. I love those. Uh, so I'm drinking uh, Watercolors. Um, oh, it's nice. a beer by Skygazer. And uh, it it's, uh, let's see. It's a Berlin, Berliner. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Berliner. <laughs> oh, uh, Weiss beer. So I don't know. Pretty much Weiss is uh, not too far off from our uh, local, or not local, but our American uh, wheat beer. You know, Weiss, sure. uh, Weiss is like German. That's that's the pints uh, knowledge of me. You know, it, it only goes so far. <laughs> I basically say I like beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All varieties. Yeah. I like it all. All varieties. All varieties. All right. So, uh, Bob, Scotty, let's uh, let's dive in a little bit. Who is Lake Country Power Tools? But, um, you know, Bob, how did you get in the industry? I think uh, uh, we were introduced uh, last week to a bit of information that I don't think many people knew as, uh, your, you know, your, your former uh, co-part was on with uh, Flex Tools and uh, was talking about how you guys really entered the market pushing a unique style uh, that was different than everybody else. And um, so, you know, what was your story of getting into the industry? What was it like, you know, launching into the industry? And, and walk us through that a little bit, will you? Well, it's simple. I started, I was with Flex, uh, Flex Germany uh, Power Tools for 20 years. And actually when I started with them, there was no flex in the United States. So talk about a lonely time. I worked my first SEMA show about 13 years ago. So I'm standing there in an eight by 10 booth, uh, selling a German tool that nobody had ever heard about. Everybody claimed it spun the wrong way. And it was about $150 more expensive than any tool on the market. So needless to say, I was just looking for somebody to walk by and say hi or goodbye or something. But, uh, that's how I really involved. I've been in the tool industry for uh, nearly 40 years. I, of course, started when I was 10, but um, I've been how'd, in it for about okay. 40, how'd you, 40 years. How'd you start <laughs> at 10? 
Was that well, like I'm, I'm trying to camouflage. I'm, I'm trying to camouflage my age a little bit. <laughs> but, Those pre-labor laws. Pre-labor laws, exactly. But um, no, but in the power tool industry uh, for for 40 years, and um, it's been an interesting ride. And you know, one of the things we'll talk about maybe later is how it's changed or how it's developed. But um, so I went along with Flex and actually. Uh, Hired Chris Metcalf, a great person, great friend, still today. Um, and we pretty much put Flex on the map in the United States. Two guys covering the whole United States and Canada and Mexico. Yeah, it's a lot of hustle, no doubt. A lot of hustle. Uh, Scotty, what about you? How'd you get in the industry? Well, uh, <laughs> I've always been around cars pretty much uh, since I was born. My dad's a car guy. Um always found found it fascinating. I always wanted to find a way to be around the automotive industry, not necessarily, you know, wrenching on a car uh, at an older age. So I, I, I started out detailing um, when I was about 18 and made my way around, started cleaning semis, worked at a few dealers. Scott, you remember, you remember your first car? My first, <laughs> my first car was an 85 Oldsmobile Cutlass. Sorry, first car you cleaned? Oh, first car I cleaned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, well, shoot. probably my dad. My dad had a '35 Chevy Street Rod that I that I helped wash. Um, cleaned on my own was probably <laughs> a GMC Astro van, black. <laughs> that was probably to earn some uh, some um, some money. Hey, dad, I need some money. We... What can I do? What kind of chores? Right, I'm gonna start washing There's... cars. <laughs> There's one thing we know about vans, and especially minivans, they never <coughs> clean. No. Yeah. When a minivan comes in for a detail, damn, you never no. get an easy one on those. Never. No, I, I worked at a Honda dealership, so I saw a lot of Odysseys, and none of them were clean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, the hot, when, when Honda started making the seats that went up and they had that little cover, I was like, oh, shit, uh, more? Really? There's more space in here we got to clean? Well, every time you flip a seat up or down, you just get more stuff. It's always yeah. fun. Yeah. All right. So, Bob, uh, you're now with uh, Lake Country um, and you guys have uh, a lot of good stuff that you guys are bringing out to the market. You know, uh, walk us through some of the technology that you guys are changing and what is it about your new tool that has uh, been so great for detailers? Well, what's what's really fun is um, obviously um, Jay Snyder, the, the owner and um, CFO of um, or CEO of Lake Country Power Tools approached me some years ago and asked me, you know, what I was going to do. And I said, I don't know, you know, so we got together and we talked and I decided to start a new career. And um, so I joined forces with them. This was actually, actually, I mean, they had been working on this tool for about five years. Um, oh. Obviously digging in, starting from scratch, never making a power tool before. And I got to tell you, I am, they've come a long way or we've come a long way in a short period of time, but, you know, we basically took the tool and we didn't copy, um, you know, we actually came out with our own design and decided to make it a tool that's actually five tools in one. I don't know if Scott, if you got one by you, you can show up on the, the screen, but um, we actually came out with a tool, like I said, five tools in one. In the first position, it's a rotary tool. Second position, Scott's got it in, in front of him now. Second position, it's an eight millimeter uh, tool we call for sanding or, or polishing. Then it goes into three different modes, 12, 15, oh, 12, man, 15 21. 
12, 15, and 21. Oh, my God. I've only rehearsed this 100 different times in my lifetime. Um, so when we call it a, a five-in-one tool, each one of these modes is variable speed action on um, So the uniqueness is, I mean, rather than having to buy two or three different tools, you know, no matter what company you're dealing with, you've got one tool here that you can switch in and out of modes um, to what you're what you're doing at the time. If you're doing polishing, you're doing sanding, you're getting out holograms, rough finish, or just plain old polishing. I mean, there's the tool for you to use. All right, let's let's go back through those those settings, Scotty. Uh, okay. Pull that back up. What's the first setting? First setting is rotary position. And so it it what how what speed or what RPMs does it get up to? Uh, this tool tops out at about twenty five hundred RPMs. On rotary is In way rotary. more than enough. Yeah, I mean that's way. I mean we tried to stay under two thousand normally, and sometimes I'd be at seventeen. About fifteen to two thousand is your average yeah. comfortable speed for polishing. Some guys really like to crank it up, but. Um, you know, when kind of researching all this, we found out that that is like your sweet spot is between 15 and 2000, you know, 17, 18, especially if you have a Makita, if you have a Makita, I think it, I think speed three is around 18, 1800, which is where a lot of guys feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go around real quick and check and see who uses a rotary. Uh, Ariel, good to see you. So how, how's that, how's that Canada weather doing? It's a lot better now that I'm more on the West Coast. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's paradise here. But it's good. Yeah, it was worth the move. I'm where I'm getting excited for uh, boat season. So it's good. Ooh. All right. Any rotary? You ever do rotary? I no? learned on rotary, but I didn't I did not continue. <laughs> All right. Who's done rotary? Anybody used a rotary? All right. What you got? What you use? Bro, my first time on a rotary. This is no lie. I was 14 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad painted cars. And, uh, that, you know, I'd always help him out in the garage. <laughs> so we just painted this uh, Jeep, uh, like an old Willis. I don't even remember what year it was. But we painted this super shiny gold. And then... I just picked up the rotary and started like I've been watching him and I'd always have him wet sand and everything. So then I just picked it up and started working. So after I, you know, I've been watching him for a year or two. So I just got How to work did it go on the it. first time. Um, I didn't burn any paint, so I guess it was good. <laughs> and like any good dad would, of course he had to go back over what I did. So sure. half the learning yeah. of a rotary is just, you know, yeah. controlling no, it. I would say he's a, uh, He's the bravest man alive letting a 14-year-old use a rotary. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Alex, you use rotary? I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, quite, quite uh -huh. a bit. Um, I learned on that, too. I, I do quite a bit of boats. Um, so I, I learned doing boats when I was young. All right. Uh, what do you mostly – wool pad? What do you mostly use? Yeah, yeah. I, I never uh, – I never really strayed too far from the wool pad. There's some stuff I'd like to try out, but it's it's one of those things. Like I, I got pretty proficient with it, so kind of like a creature of habit with that. Yeah, I get it. Hey, you, you, you're, hey, y'all remember those wool pads that used to look like they tried them, or the foam pads that used to try to make them look like wool pads? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. We still, like we still make them. Oh, I hate them things. <laughs> it, it's it, they're a they're a love hate. The people that use them love them, but otherwise, you know, people are like, "What are those?" So they're tough. They're actually tough to just like a wool pad. That's how they're made. There's foam. I couldn't stand them things. <laughs> All right, who else uses a rotary? What what speed do you normally go on? Depends on what I'm doing. Um, the other day I had to take, there was paint overspray all over this Volkswagen Atlas I was doing for one of my dealership clients and to really get in the edges and ridges. Um, I was using my flex, but I needed some extra power. So I use my rotary. I usually use a DeWalt and I was using a foam pad in that instance. And I think it was speed four. So yeah. a bit more, yeah, a bit higher. Uh, ben, what about you? Oh, what do you use uh, You speed wise? No, you're muted. You almost went down. Yeah. <laughs> um, boats would get up pretty high. I used to have a Makita until it died. I had that thing for like 10 years. I loved that thing. I learned on uh, DeWalt's. And whenever I switched, it was way easier to do boats and RVs, like hung out over ladders with less weight. But uh, yeah. Any Anybody been able to use a rotary that, transforms into a uh, dual action yeah no it, i mean that's really cool like to be able to start with a rotary and then just flip a what what do you do what do you what is it that you do it's pretty simple there's a there's a line right here on the blue part and you line it up with there's a notch on the black plate and you just turn it Oop, helps by line it up so you just <laughs> pop it over to 12. You want to go over to 15, 21. All right. So, Bob, mm. remind me, we're rotary and then to free spinning, or is there a forced rotation in there too? Well, no. Um, you go from rotary to the second position, which is a, which we're calling our standing position, which is an 8-millimeter throw. Okay. But it's free spinning. Yes. Okay. And we would, or we would say more, that's traditional dual action. Well, uh, is that a random orbital? What are you going to call that? Kind of an in-between, you know, it's got the eight millimeter throw. So it is still a free spinning unit with the, with the, with the forced rotation, you know, power behind it. So technically a rotary is, is actually forced rotation, right? It just has a throw of zero. So you you could technically say it's gear driven and rotary function. Well, but the all, thing the, other, all the, the other all the other functions are are free spinning. And the thing behind a rotary is obviously you can't stop it. You know, it's like it's a direct drive basically. I mean, you stop it after you burn the paint, right? Exactly. Or you burn the tool. <laughs> all right. Anybody have any fun burn stool stories? No. None. Anybody? What, what was your first one? Do you remember your first one? Um, I actually, I taught myself rotary on my own car and it was going great. Everything was looking great. And then I tried to angle on the plastic bumper on an edge and boom, took the paint right off that little edge. And I learned my lesson after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, uh, I would basically, I just had a guy that would run, you know, I was mobile and he would just find me at my locations of where I was at because I was generally at certain office complexes every couple of weeks and at the same location. 
And so this guy would eventually just keep coming around in a van, drop, you know, and sure, I'll grab, you know, and grab a couple of things. Well, one day he goes, hey, you should try this polisher. Okay. I needed a polisher. Uh, I'd been using a, uh, a porta cable. You know, it was okay. Not bad. Uh, this one was faster. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. <laughs> Going around fine for a couple cars. Couldn't really tell any difference. Uh, and, you know, lessons learned trying to figure out how to get some uh, road tar off the side of this car and could never get it off. Uh, actually it was a Ford. I think it would have been a Ford uh, Explorer because it was a lady at, uh, at an oil and gas company that was here at, uh, at the office complex um, Warren place. And uh, I, I surprisingly thought as a young kid, I wonder if I can get this road tar off just by polishing it off. <laughs> sure oh enough, God. it came right off. Yeah, it was great to go. So I just kept going down the side of the car, but I didn't know if you guys remember those Fords had that plastic trim mm -hmm. all along. I guess they were like bumper guards or whatever, for like when you'd open your door. I'm like, I didn't know. I was already down to the passenger side. I mean, the, 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 the back door. Um, and I look back and I go, I grab my towel and I keep wiping. And I'm like, why the hell like oh uh, uh oh <laughs> like oops <laughs> yeah she was pretty nice there uh she went and took care of it and then uh i just gave her free details for her bill so she was she was super nice about it uh alex what about you any uh burn stories sorry i had, I had you muted um yeah <laughs> same same deal. I, I had done um, like I I had done uh, boats, and I mean you could you could work them all day and, and not really do any damage. Um, and then once I got into cars, I, I my first handful of cars went really well. Um, so I you know I I felt like uh, like I was ahead of the game kind of. And then uh, you know the universe has a way of, of humbling you every once in a while. Um, and I was, I was actually working on a Corvette. It was oh, no. fairly new. It was like, yeah, like three, three years old. Same thing. Same thing. The, the hard body line and it, it took, took the pain off. Like it was nothing. Just got, I got complacent with it, I guess. Yeah. What, co what color was it? It was red. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so I want to ask, ask a question, Bob Sky. So, right. Not that we should ever shy away from, from, you know, from, from running into these moments, but I, as a company, if, if you, if we know, right, this is what's interesting, Bob, I was told, I think, you know, last week, you know, what you guys were really doing to influence the market years ago was changing people from rotary. Right. And now yeah. you're going, now you're going back into rotary. What, what was it from a company wide aspect? I mean, why go back into the rotary market if there's been such a heavy push away from the rotary? Well, you know, if you look at the evolution, when I started in this industry, basically everything was rotary. I mean, the, the, major, the major people in this industry were body shops, and they were using uh, the Big Sioux, uh, Milwaukee, DeWalt, Black & Decker, uh, grinder many times, or polisher with a large wool pad, and that's all they were doing. And, you know, and then what would happen is the novice would get a hold of this tool or somebody that wasn't experienced or somebody not paying attention and they burn the paint. So, of course, 
what are we going to do as salesmen? We're going to take the path of the least resistance and the easiest target to hit. And we went after that. But lo and behold, this industry has changed with, you know, looking at what, what people are using polishers for, boats, RVs. Hell, I sold a company in Iowa um, that all they made were, 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 tra were campers. I mean, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, they need an aggressive or more aggressive unit to do large areas, the same with doing a suburban or anything else. So what's happened is people have come out with, with uh, rotary units like ours, where the speed is not crazy, you know, up there, uh, where it is variable speed. And w w the trick is educating people. I mean, not everybody's going to use a rotary tool. Not everybody's going to want a free spinning tool. It's the same as people come to our unit with five and one. They go, well, I don't use all five. And I go, okay. But, you know, there's five, there's five different variables there. It'd be like going to five different people and say, what's your car preference? They're going to say Chevy. They're going to say Lexus. They're going to say Honda. You know, you're never going to get the same answer and the same with the tools. So what we've done is built a tool that has the capability and the, and the options for you to do once you dial into what you like. You may have guy one that says, I only use rotary. Or I have guy two that says, I only use 21. Well, guy three might say, well, I like the eight millimeters. So you got to use what works for you. But the good thing is, is that you can comfortably use this tool and other tools on the market, rotary tools, and they are safe as long as you have some education. They, and, and what do you think, uh, in your opinion, what has made them safer? Well, I think a lot of that. I think just the overall education, um, you know, of how to use a tool, uh, the dynamics behind the pads that Lake Country yeah. makes. I mean, yeah. that makes a big difference. I, I was going to I was hoping you were going to go there because that's where I was going to go next. I mean, don't don't you think that a lot of it, the technology from the way pads have changed has Absolutely. definitely enhanced uh, the ease, easier usability of a rotary. Well, Absolutely. not only that, but the polishers that you have today. I mean, all of the, you know, we've always said this. You can have the best polisher in the world if you have a crappy pad or bad polish. You know, what you want to do is, is team up one, two, three. You want to have the right polisher, the right pads, and the right polish. And then half your battle is done. Now you just have to have the education to know what, what you're doing. All right. Uh, I wanted to go around the room real quick. We didn't check in to see what everybody's drinking. Becca, uh, what are you, what are you sipping on there? Um, I am a huge fan of stouts. So I'm drinking KBS um, barrel age series founders. It is amazing. Highly recommend. Uh, very impressive. Always been a stout fan. Oh yeah, that I actually was. Um, I've not been a beer fan for very long. I am more of a bourbon person, so the stout kind of was a easier transition. Yeah, and, and when you get those bourbon barrel aged stouts, yeah, it's on point. Yeah, yeah, Bob's <laughs> favorite, right, Bob? Exactly. <laughs> actually, uh, if the, actually, if the truth were known, I'm a vodka guy, so. All right. All right. I don't know many vodka beers, but if we no. find if we find one, we'll get you one, Bob. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> uh, have you gotten into the vodka seltzers and the different stuff like that? No, I'm an old fashioned vodka on the rocks, but I've 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 tried multiple, 
you know, kinds, different countries, different brands. We we actually have some pretty good local uh, vodka breweries or breweries or distillers, distillers here where I live in Nebraska. Uh, what what are they? Do you know? I don't, we only have one down here in Oklahoma, and they call they're called Scissor Tail. Uh, it. It definitely it's been interesting as different uh, micro distilleries have popped up. It seemed to be the trend in Denver over the past couple of years as, you know, of course, as the beer scene boomed, more micro distilleries started to boom up, too, which is interesting. Oh. Bruno hopping on. What's up, man? What's up, brother? What are you drinking tonight? Oh, you're drinking the peace <laughs> pipe. Yeah, I don't I don't drink, man. Well, I mean, I drink, but, you know, I'm more on the, the hashish side now. The herbal medication. The how's herbal your medication. Uh, how's your hand doing? Good. I took the stitches out yesterday. All right. So tell us the story. What happened? I was just being stupid and rushing shit and trying to open a box and slice my thumb open. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Cardboard cuts. Oh. Yeah, I call it a it's a stupid scar now. So now I look oh. at it and just remind, remind remind myself how stupid I was. I got one of those. <laughs> I got uh, a few of them <laughs> right here. Right here. Hey Jason, think how good life would be if we could have a mulligan on everything we did. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. All right, uh, Alex, what are you drinking? I'm boring too. I I got orange mango ice, sparkling ice water. <laughs> that sounds refreshing. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. It uh, hey Derek, uh, we've got a, a fan up there with a uh, Citra IPA. Scotty's got Ooh. the love of the Citra IPAs too. Uh, yes. What'd you grab? Well, Brandon had it. Had I got me some of the Captain Dynamite IPA. Brand. Oh, I'm getting more. This is good. <laughs> Got a very good, like, it just, it just doesn't even feel like you're drinking an IPA. It's so good. Like, I'm like, oh, this is delicious. Yeah. Brandon, what about you? What are you drinking? Uh, this is a Sierra Nevada wild little thing. Oh, sour. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Did you get, like, some big thing of it at Sam's or Costco or something? Yeah. It's a, uh, it had the hazy little thing and, like, some other one in this one in a like a value pack. So can't go wrong buying you know beer or bulk or beer in bulk. <laughs> no, I agree. Ariel, are you sipping on anything? No, no, I'm just drinking tea. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wait, what kind of tea? Just green tea. Nothing crazy. <laughs> Wait, green tea's good. Green tea's yeah, good. I, I, yeah, I drink no, tea before bed. No, no, oh. Not as good as IPAs, but it's good. <laughs> healthy. Have you found any good uh, breweries over there close to where you're at now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Okanagan. It's like it's like um, the Canadian California. Like, there's so many wineries, cideries, all that stuff. So, yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It sounded like a true Canadian there. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right, Nick, you went with Sam Adams, huh? They had the uh, the summer pack in Publix, and Sam Adams kind of hits sometimes, and some sometimes Sam Adams misses. 
But all the summer stuff I've tried. The smash. new summer ale is slamming. I don't know what they it's they changed the recipe back and it's much better. Nick, you're back in the kitchen. I'm back in the kitchen. All right. I'm I made uh, to... I made quesadillas. What are you gonna make? Ooh. I'm gonna make some kind of ramen dish with pork. I don't, I don't know yet. But we'll see where it ends up. I got a, I got ramen tonight. I haven't had ramen in a couple of years, so I, I kind of want to remember what it tastes like just for just for giggles. Mom made pork chops. I'm going to combine the two somehow, and we'll see what happens. Nick, have you ever made your own, like, bone broth? I did that the other no. day. Where you, like, you boil the pork, the pork necks and stuff. It takes all day, but it's so much, it's so good. I want to. Badly. Uh, Nick, I thought of you yesterday. I had some pretty amazing nachos with, like, some uh, feta cheese and uh, 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 ahi tuna, seared tuna on it. Oh. What was that? That wasn't the ones uh, you you posted on Instagram, was it? Yeah, with it about the beer. Yeah. Oh, dude, those yeah, look those good, dude. Were, mm, dude, mm. they were incredible. I was yeah. jealous, man. When you when you sent me that, I was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hey Bob. Um, you know, as you've been in for so long in the industry, you know, what's been your take? Has been uh, we we like to ask this question, and what do you think has been the most interesting thing that's changed? the industry oh boy yeah um, tough one right yeah because there's been so many um yeah. you know i just well obviously what's changed the industry in just the last year has been this covid <laughs> this uh -huh. COVID problem that we've had everywhere i mean you know if you consider for the last year and a half now almost we haven't had any shows any national shows we haven't had hardly any in-person visits with customers uh everything is resorted to zoom calls or team meeting calls or you know conversation on telephone so i mean it may it's really made it difficult for i think for everybody it's made it difficult for us as vendors to show a new product to show new things that we've come out with to talk about it and it's made it difficult for your end of it for you guys to see what's going on you know it's one thing to look at something uh, online. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, it's one thing to look at something online, but it's a whole different deal to come into somebody's booth or we call on you in person and show you something and how to use it. So I would say just uh, what's changed so much is just what's happened to us. I mean, how we've had to pull back everything and find a new way to go out and sell things, sell things. Uh, definitely a big, uh, big change up, right? Uh, like you said, I mean, no more face to face. Everything went virtual. Uh, it really is insane the way uh, 2020 panned out, right? And you know, it's it's coming around. It you know, it's opening up. We have we have big concerns right now because we play in the in the whole world market of auto mechanic in Germany right now. That's the big topic of discussion. If that's going to happen in September or not. Now, right now, SEMA is all out. I mean, everything is talking. They have the new building. The new West building is going to be open up, and everybody's talking. That's going to happen. It's going to go, you know, as scheduled. So, Okay, that's good to know because there's been, there's been plenty of rumors that SEMA mm -hmm. just would never actually make it. Nope, we're all going on, both SEMA and us vendors and everybody else, as though it's going to happen. So, and, you know, and if you look at what's happening, in the world and you know and i know i live in a, 
a smaller state in Nebraska with not a lot of populace. But uh, they're talking about our state is right now at 28% coverage in the shot. And uh, they're saying that uh, by June 5th, we should be able to celebrate like we did last year with certain things in line. Still, you know, wearing masks and different things like that. But we've turned the corner, at least they're saying. Yeah, uh, different, uh, different question, but this is a uh, this is a pub question. Uh, do you think SEMA still holds the price tag for vendors and booths as they did before? Uh, right. That's a t- do you think? I mean, this is just I'll just go ahead and say I I would I would find it very interesting if they still charge the same for their booth rates, <laughs> given all the situations. That's that's sort of my point. Like, I, I would be very surprised if they don't lower their rates. At least hopefully they would. Well, personally, I've been in this a long time. I don't see them lower in their rates, but I don't either. Uh, but um, I think if the show goes off, which we have no reason not to think it will, I think it's going to be one of the best SEMAs ever for a number of reasons. Us vendors haven't been to one in almost two years. And you guys, uh, as the people that come see us, haven't been to one in two years. And Absolutely. everybody's going to want to get the hell out and do something. So. Yep, And I think, you know, there's been a lot of things being made the last two years that nobody's been able to show. So I think it's going to be phenomenal this year if it, if it comes on. All right. Before that is mobile tech expo. You think mobile tech expo goes? Well, they're, they're acting like it's going to, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, before that, even we have a smaller venue, which is Southern details conference in Kentucky in June. And all indications are that one's going to go. So I think they're all opening up, you know, as we go along. But I, I think mobile tech will go. I'm, I just feel that, it, that it's ready. All right. Scott, I'm going to go over. What do you think's been the biggest change? And you can, if you want to go Corona, I get it. You know, that's a hard one to beat. But as you've been in the industry and what you've done, what do you think's been some of the biggest changes? There's a lot. Uh, so, you know, just starting earlier talking about the rotary tool, um, just the evolution of the new tools introduced into the market. That's totally changed it. The education. Um, there's a ton of training out there available, which, you know, when I started, there was no training available. You got it from your, you know, whoever was selling your product would train you on their product. Um, and, you know, a lot of, I think one of the biggest things that has really changed in the industry over the years is just things like this, where detailers are talking to each other. Um, you're talking to representatives from the company, the manufacturers. You didn't really get these kinds of opportunities without calls like this, because you had to be in the same spot at the same time. You had to register for something, sign up, pay a lot of money to travel. I mean, there's just the accessibility to everybody is is. I would say one of the biggest key changes that really, you know, the, opens up the lines of communication and helps spread that education and knowledge about the detailing industry. So, uh-huh. I mean, COVID's also had, a, you know, an impact on some of that, but it's also, <laughs> excuse me, I think it's also helped. Um, All right. Like, so I know like we're I talking we're right now. We were mostly talking about the power tool, but can we go into the pads real quick? Because uh, I would imagine we've got a couple guys that would really be curious about the different technologies and the different things about your pad. Derek's shaking his head. Derek, what, what immediately comes to your mind? Any questions you wanted to ask about the pads? 
Um, I was just going to give a thumbs up for the uh, any of the HBO pads and the wool pads. I, I use those all the damn time. Um, I The only question I have, and it's a random question, and this is going back a couple of years, is why did you guys change the original HDO pad that had the silver, it was like the Velcro, had the silver, and then it was the blue, to just being all blue? Because I have an original one, and it's it's from when you guys first came out with it, and it's still holding up. I love that pad. And then uh, you can't get it anymore like that. The which blue? Uh, it's the blue yeah, HDO. That one on your right hand. This one? Yeah. These are still we're still making these. You're still making them? Maybe it's oh, a yeah. shop near me. He doesn't he, he doesn't have them anymore, I think. So so there's the HDO, which is the heavy duty orbital, and there's the SDO, which would be considered a standard duty orbital. Which mm -hmm. is just straight foam, doesn't have a dual layer. Um same foam, but they perform differently because of the dual layer. So they are still available. I just uh, whoever you're getting them from may not stock them. Yeah, I gotta I gotta talk to him because he 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 tends to get a lot of the SDO pads. Um, I use the orange uh, polishing pads a lot from you guys with SDO ones, and they're and they're great. But I, for some reason, the HDO pads I just so well, good that that and the wool pads. They were designed they were designed to hold up to the vigorous action of the long throw tool. The long throws, and yeah. that was, you know. What I didn't get to earlier is prior to working at Lake Country, I was running a route for about 10 years selling selling to all the dealers and detail shops. And I the, the company I was working for, we started selling Rupes tools. And every pad that we had that we threw at our customers fell apart because they weren't they were designed for a rotary tool. They weren't designed for long throw tools. So that was part of part of how I got involved with Lake Country. They were actually a supplier of mine from where I was working, but I was fascinated with how do we make pads better and how do we make them for these machines. So um, I'm right there with you. And, you know, as far as saying the HDO pads, they just hold up a lot better. I'm glad to hear that because that's what they're designed to do. You know, like I like I still have one of the original ones from, I think, when you first launched them. And yep. it's still holding up. As long as you clean them good when I'm done, they still hold up. Um, Eric, man, I, I don't know if you should admit that out into the public. Uh, detailers will put you on a cross and crucify you pretty quick. I, listen, listen I, man, if, you, if you take care of your stuff, I think it lasts a long time. I think I have an HDO pad that's yes, like sir. four years old It's or whenever you first launched it. And it's still cutting like it. I, I know people sir. are like, oh, you got you to throw them out. I'm like, nah, man. Like, I had a gentleman here who was running an auction. Doing line detailing, and he did fifty-two cars with one pad. Wow, that's pretty. It was still amazing. usable, but it was in it was in shambles. But he didn't use it on fifty-two cars. He put it through the ringer. I can um, I can so go I can go get it if you guys want to see it. It's still holding <laughs> up, man. So. All right, Bruno. How many how many cars do you guys typically try? Right, like now, Alex. I want to know from you. Like, what do you normally throw a pad away? How many cars? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> dude i save my pads like like the dude said like if you maintain your pads and clean them and and there's there's no reason to throw them away like i have pads that you know the edges are eating up a little bit but it's still it still performs the way i want it to perform do you don't you don't find that it might take a little bit longer to go through your cutting cycle if that compound pad is a bit worn oh if it if it comes to that point then then yeah i'll bust out a new pad but it goes my go months without having to change a pad like i have new pads 
I have HDO pads that are still in their packaging that, you know, I, I will open eventually, but normally the ones I open the most are the uh, microfiber pads. Mm-hmm. That's it. All my mm-hmm. polishing pads, like my phone pads, they hold up, dude. It, yeah. Literally, Lake Country has the science down for pads. Yeah. Like they absolutely are the best pads on the are market, you, hands down. Are you, are you using your microfiber pads more for cutting than you are the foam for cutting? Yeah. I use, typically, that's what I'll do. I'll either go for uh, my microfiber pad, and if that's not really cutting it, then I'll just switch to a wool pad, and I just use the foam to finish. Yep. I mean, the, that, that'll that'll help your foam pads last pretty long. You know, yeah. You're, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're doing absolutely. all the grunt work with the microfiber pads. So, and down here in Florida, it's, it's so humid out here that uh, my blue pads will get really soft while I work with it. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just one step with my blue pads. So, I mean, uh, I'll say that. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah. Pads. So, I mean, kudos to Lake Country, man, because without y'all, I don't think I'd be getting the results that I really get. Awesome. Thank you. Glad to hear. Let's go. Alex, what about you? Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, Typically, they end up thrown in the van because I'm mobile um, and something slides into them and fucks them up or long before they wear out. (laughs) um i I don't think i've i don't think i've ever actually had a pad that i've like used to the point that it was like time to retire it they usually get messed up in some other way yeah Uh, brandon sent me a picture the other day and a message like hey uh is this pad about done how long do you normally use pads so it's really cool that we were talking about this because that's actually a question that he sent over to me brandon what how, how long have you used that one I usually use my pads to the the Velcro back and starts disconnecting from it. <laughs> as long as as long as they're still cutting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's usually the, that usually goes before the foam. Yeah, yeah. yeah usually the Velcro right. comes in, and then I get really pissed off because the foam's still good. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I actually tried to super glue one back on, but it didn't work. So I was gonna say you can use Never Gorilla really. Glue. It works for hair, so. did you see that that she was trying to sue them no No. oh that girl oh no no yeah oh man uh hey bob do you think uh a lot of the tool technology the way the technology has grown in tools has really helped um you know the issue that they just talked about with uh, backing plates and and pads coming apart. You know, it's you seen a progression of tools that's helped that. Well, I think you know everything has come a long way. The pads and everything else included. I I could tell you that um, when I was at Flex um, to Lake Country side, that's the only pads that I used. I mean, it was really simple. I mean, for ten years, I the only pads I used was Lake Country pads and. I, I can tell you, I never had in the 10 years a single pad returned for a problem or a blemish or anything else. And, you know, it's 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 all a matter of how they put it together. And, you know, even at Flex, I mean, I mean, when I was there, we had an issue one time with the backing plates and it wasn't Flex's fault. It was a supplier of some glue. They gave us bad glue. So so the Velcro was not sticking when it heated up and. You know, but but that was taken care of and never a problem ever since. But 
you know, it's a matter of kind of the, you know, we were just talking, you could use Gorilla Glue or Super Glue or whatever, but <laughs> obviously that doesn't work. I mean, everything has come, it's, it's full force here with everybody is making good stuff these days. Um, the, the manufacturers that are making it, not the people out there copying stuff or making stuff for a discount shop or something like that. So, you know, your materials are good, your labor is good, um, and the manufacturing is good. All right. Uh, Becca, how long do you normally go around uh, cars with your pads? Actually, I was just thinking about that because I have a stack of them on my uh, kitchen sink that I have to clean. Um, we, I think maybe we've thrown five away in the last year. So we go a, a pretty long time. Five. That's so only five, five pads thrown away. Yeah. We, we wash them and we take care of them. So. All right. So let's do that. Let's go. Let's, let's figure out how everybody's maintaining their pads. Right. Uh, Cause there's, there's theories of you got to use specialized cleaners that were made to, you know, clean whatever's in the pad, but not, you know, harm the pad. I've been at a traditional, just use an APC spray it, kind of scrub it a little bit, uh, rinse it off, uh, set it sideways to dry and, and move on. Like that's, that's the way I've always done it. But you know, I curious way everybody else is maintaining their pads. Ben, what about, what about you? How do you maintain your pads? Uh, APC spray, uh, far away pressure washer, and then set on the dashboard with the Velcro side up. So it doesn't on the glue and start to loosen it. And so that's why I do it sideways. Yeah. And, but I didn't want anything on so the, so it the drains out. Pad. Yeah. I would always just do it sideways sitting up. Yeah. I just set them on my dashboard right underneath the uh, windshield and the sun helps leave them up there for half a day. Well, I like it. Not too many people would say they put their, their pads on the dashboard to dry. So my, you know, much, much, much respect, Ben. I really do. Well, I have a little, like, I don't have like a, a place to gather stuff. It's all clean. Like it's a little car. Hey, listen, man. I know much, <laughs> I, this, that was a much love. Cheers, man. That was, I mean, I'm just saying like, that was much love. Like not too many people would say that they do that. I, I do all kinds of crazy shit too, you know? So <laughs> I think I think that's awesome because I would rather than cool. my kitchen table. So kudos to you. Well, how yeah, about it's, it's part of your life. You see it every all the time. Yeah. How about, a, how about a lead in here for my buddy Scott on a pad washer? Mm -hmm. I was waiting for him to get to my turn to ask him how they all Obviously, that's the number one recommendation from Lake Country is cleaning with a pad washer. <laughs> if you don't have a pad washer, you know, there's a number of ways, some of them which you guys are mentioning. And actually, if you if you get a copy of our catalog or the digital download from our website. In the back of that catalog, one of the last pages tells you how to care for every single pad that's in there so by type. So how to care for a wool pad, how to care for a microfiber pad, how to care for a foam pad, how to clean it. And there's like three three suggestions for each type of pad. Because um, not everybody has a pad washer. Not everybody has the means of getting a pad washer. Um, so, you know, obviously the main goal is to get the stuff out of the pad before it dries. Your best, some, you know, you just want to get it out of there. Um, mm -hmm. The longer it sits in there, the more it dries, the harder it is to get it out. 
and the more mm-hmm. it compromises your path. Yep. So keep them clean. You know, the, the fastest you clean it, the earliest you clean it is, is the best for keeping the life of that pad. All right. So you said pad washer. What what's the pad washer? What do you is it the uh is that the bucket that the you bucket. yeah this guy right here so I don't have any it's water fantastic. So we we are we had earlier models which were the pad the pad washer three thousand the three thousand D and then we also have a two thousand which was strictly for rotary, but this is um we have our own cleaner snappy clean snappy clean has a top you push it down spurts out water up from here hits your pad has ribs you kind of run your pad cleans the pad off lift it up a little spins dries all all the water stays inside the bucket drains to the bottom. Um, there's a catch basin in here that will hold the dirty solution. So when you're pumping up water, it only picks up clean water. So, so it's still I, attached to the polisher. What's that? It's yeah. still attached to the polisher. Like you just dip it in the bucket yep, and clean it. Yep. So you get a take your tool here, pump it. Water would water would come okay. up into the pad, and you run it, and you just kind of go around there, lift it up. Keep it inside the bucket, spin it dry, throw it on the side. It'll still be a little damp, but it'll, it'll dry relatively fast. So I've seen the ones that have that grate that go down. Is that you guys in an earlier model? Is that or is that uh, the grate? I believe is a different brand. Okay, okay. Um, so this is it's it's same concept, little different design. You know, ours is ours is patented, theirs is patented. We each have our own, our own design, so. I, th- I was just saying that's the only one I've seen, and you mentioned uh, there was earlier models, so I didn't know if that was. Uh... Yeah, it was. Uh, we, um, I think our our biggest sellers of that one was probably like OPT. They private labeled it, um, but it, it was they're out there. Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Questions? I think that there's some hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That cleaner, do you just use water? Like when I clean my pads, I have to break it down with like Dawn dish soap real quick, break it down, clean it good, and then I wash them. It's a, so there's a snappy clean. There's a packet in here. It's a citrus-based cleaner, biodegradable, pretty pretty mild. It's a, it's basically like an APC cleaner. that You mix it with about 1.6 gallons of water, one and a half gallons of water in the bottom of the bucket. So it's – it's uh, it's a powder formulation, easier for shipping, obviously, but um, you don't really have to rinse it out after you use that. It's Scotty, cool. I'm a big fan of reducing stuff for shipping costs, man. So I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hey, going to ask, is there, is there something special in, like, that's been a curiosity of mine. Like I've always, like I said, I've always just used APCs, but I know there's companies that, and that one's, you know, designed for pad cleaning. What, what makes it, what makes it special for pads versus an APC or, or, you know? Um, well, not all APCs are created equal, right? So you never know what's in them. Um, like I mentioned before, this is just kind of a biodegradable, real mild detergent. Not to say you can't use any other ones, but it, it, it's hard to say because you never know what people are using, right? So we know this one works. It doesn't harm the plastic in the bucket. Um, we just like to be safe all around. So you want to make the plastic brittle, have premature breakage on the on the pad washer. Because if it's wrecking the plastic here, it's probably wrecking the, your your pads as well. Yeah. So uh, it, I don't know what exactly makes this one special. I just know that it's mild enough that it doesn't. It's 
not hurting anything. You know, it does a good good job. So you're you're a fan. Yeah, I can't yeah. really. I couldn't really give you away all the secrets, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I get it. I give that guy another beer, then we can get some. <laughs> uh, Alex, what about you? How do you clean your pads? Uh, I actually, I, I used to use just any APC that I had, um, and then I bought. I don't know if it was a, a polisher combo with pads or something. And it came with a packet of the snappy clean. Um, and I, I've been using that. I just, I put it in a spray bottle because I don't, I don't yeah. have one of the cleaners. Okay, uh, so it work, works it? very well. I, I, I just spray, spray it into the pad. It only takes a few squirts. Uh, and then I just use a stiff plastic brush and brush them out, rinse them. And, and then turn it on. No, I, I usually just bring them all in the house and then I, I just wring them out and then put them in the dish rack. And then get yelled at because they stay in the dish rack longer than they should. <laughs> okay. So there's a, yeah, so that's interesting. So you put them in your uh, dishwasher. Do you, have you ever run your dishwasher? No, ju just the drying rack. Yeah. For, for dishes, not, not in the dishwasher. That's I mean, a good I idea. You, yeah. Could can you I, take can the I just snappy? put the snappy clean in the fucking dishwasher? The next Zoom call, I'm going to be I don't want to buy you a new dishwasher, phone. okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be in this much foam in my kitchen in the next time. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Uh, That's funny, Derek. What about how do you clean your pads? Uh, I'm either um, APC or um, I actually use uh, uh, whatever microfiber cleaner I use. I, I mean, I don't need a name drop, but I use uh, the rag, the new rag company, uh, Rags to Riches one. So what I'll do is I'll mix about two or three ounces in a little 60 ounce spray bottle. I'll spray each pad to kind of let it just soak in there. And then I'll take a stiff bristle brush, brush them all out. And then I just take my hose and hose them out. And it usually gets everything out. Um, but uh, once once they're all clean completely and there's nothing in them, I have a, I, I bought like a, uh, a wire rack to hold stuff on it. And I'll put all the pads face down on each one just so that the water kind of drips out. And then I'll usually let them sit for like a day or so. And they usually be fine. But Ended up buying it. I have enough pads now where I can have a set drying and then still be able to continue detailing. So it's like I just kind of just keep flipping them back and forth. All right, but good. just yeah. Well, I think uh, Derek. I think it's time. I think it's time. Oh, hold, I think, hold on. Hold I'm on. Checking my watch and uh, there's a time. That's my yes. time. Uh, the the tab out is here. Uh, time, oh. time to go and tab out, everybody. We're gonna have. Uh, I was even show you the meal. All right. <laughs> Nick, let's see it. Okay. Oh, my bad, Nick. I, I'm sorry, ah, man. My there you bad. Go. First, 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 first thing first. <laughs> I do have an answer for the how do you clean your pads or how I clean my pads. I want to get to that first, tease you for the food first. But um, so for me, for maintenance, I just blow it out with, with an air compressor. So I'll like, I'll get through my panel. Typically, I blow them out after every panel, pull it off, you know, just lay it on my hand and just spin it. With the air compressor, blow it out really fast, put it back. I can make a microfiber pad, you know, I'm only using a microfiber pad for probably a grand total of 15 minutes of the day. Um, typically, that's what I'm using. Or, or a uh, yellow foam Rupes pad. Blow it out, put it back. But if I need to rejuvenate a pad, I'll grab two buckets, fill one with uh, water and then a little bit of, of all-purpose let the pad soak in it let it dissolve that compound something without a solvent because i've noticed the things with solvents like degreasers will separate the foam and 
the foam and the Velcro and, and kind of degrade the pads really quickly. So I use something like an all-purpose cleaner. Typically I use Meg's all-purpose. Um, let it soak in the bucket for a few minutes. Um, run it with my hand, use a stiff bristle brush and kind of scrub it out a little bit Then transfer that to a clean bucket of water and agitate it with my hands until that water runs clean from the pads, spin them out, let them dry. Good to go. Yeah. I like it. All right. Show us, show us dinner. There we go. Let's see how uh, it is. Come on. There we go. All right, Ooh. so tell us what you did again. Uh, basically, cook your ramen in a little pot. Takes like 90 seconds. Boil some water, throw it in there. Take it out. You know, ramen. Um, mama made the pork on the grill. Um, cut it up. Sauteed it in a little butter, olive oil, um, garlic, olive oil. So butter, garlic, olive oil, uh, garlic, soy sauce, and red pepper, and a little bit of brown sugar. Tossed the ramen in the same stuff. Added some black pepper, some sesame seeds on top. Oh, uh, chair lager also right. going on i like Ooh. it all right derek let's hear it man this time time to tap out all right this one i think this should be a good one all right here we go so it's early morning and you're out detailing you're trying to get your first car done and you you don't have gloves on but you're really trying to get this car done you got to hurry and get in there uh, you open up the back seat. You, uh, you reach into the under the seat, and uh-oh, what's this? It's warm. It's clammy. What is this? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Alex, free kitten. <laughs> free candy. Right, kitten. It's coming home. Martin. Yes. Uh, I don't know because I'm surprised. One time I found a rat, so I'm scared. <laughs> a warm rat. Oh, Scotty, what oh. comes to your mind? Nick's dinner. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh well, no. <laughs> what comes to your mind, Becca? A chocolate bar, melted chocolate bar, under the back seat. Under the back seat. Oh. Bob, what came to your mind? Days of old, a diaper. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. True story. Oh. No, no. <laughs> yep. A yeah, I got, I, got a, I, got a, I got one of those too. Oh, kind of. You reached oh, no. the seat and grabbed a diaper? I grabbed a diaper? This, oh. this, guy, this guy's car was the most disgusting car I'd ever seen in my life. It was mostly clutter, uh, but he had like rocks in his cup holders and like loose <laughs> cup holders. He had he ended up being like a, a like a client that I, I would see every three weeks, and every three weeks it would still be the worst car that I've ever seen. <laughs> and he had like three generations of my business cards in his cup holders at one point. Um, but the the first time I ever went there, I told him to have all his belongings taken out of the car um because there's, there's there's a fee for me to do it so i i got there i looked at the cars like dude, i was like it's gonna be another 150 bucks for me to remove your your items and i'm not putting them back and he's like all right do what you got to do so i opened it i opened the trunk and there's brown stuff smeared all over the carpet in the trunk um wait <laughs> and like the only thing i could imagine was like a diaper got thrown in there and it exploded oh um, to this day I, I don't know what it what it was 
Um, but I, I called him and and I, I was like, listen, dude, I was like, I was like, what what is this? Tell me this isn't shit. And he's what like, no, like, he's like, no, it can't be. I'm like, I don't know. You have a car seat and it looks like a diaper exploded. He's like, my daughter's 12. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then the, the next time, like, there was a bottle with yellow stuff in it. And I was, I just, I charged him a biohazard fee if I don't know what it is. And he pays it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the, the, the yellow stuff was like a, like a Vita C or, or whatever that stuff is, the vitamin stuff. No, it wasn't. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I charged 150 bucks off the rip for any biohazard. So. Oh, all right. Yeah. Who did I miss? Who did I miss? Anybody? Anybody? No. Who didn't go? Ariel? You're sideways. Yeah. I didn't go. Sorry. <laughs> um, you like Florida detailers. You guys deal with fucked up shit. Oh my god! <laughs> Every time it's somebody from the southern U.S., it's all like crazy stuff. Like what? In the Florida biohazard fee? Like what the heck? Biohazard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Americans are crazy. Um, I can't say that. I'm only Canadian on here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, hmm. Like, I think I'm with uh, Becca on the, yeah, the chocolate bar thing. Like that or a granola bar or something like that. It's yeah. always food. Like, it's always Yeah, food. yeah. Like, in the packaging, yeah. I don't know how, but Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I just worked on That's all I'll say. I thought of food and like a sandwich, like reaching under there into like, I remember grabbing like, you know, like an RB sack or something that went through and, you know, yeah, you said warm in the bed or something. Like a warm, oh, yeah, like biscuit sandwich or something. It's morning. It's morning. If it's morning, I mean, it's still good, right? Yeah, you reach in there. Still in the package, like mm, well, you know. All right, who did I miss? Still <laughs> did I miss anybody? Did I miss anybody? No. Okay. Uh, Bob, Scotty, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate the time. Um, great, Thank great information. Thanks for telling Thank us about you, your tool. Very unique. There's no doubt that I could see the advantage of as you're going around a car to be able to switch it from rotary straight into a dual action. It would really, or, you know, into a, you know, what'd you say? Eight, 12 and 15, or was yep. it eight, 15 and 21? Eight, 15 and 21. Eight, 12, right? eight, 12, 15 and 21. Oh, all four. My bad. Four. That does equal five, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that does equal five, five and one. Uh, so that it is very unique. I think that's a, a, a really cool development. Um, the way technology, the way you guys are doing it, like it, it is very unique. And I, I much respect for that. And I really like it. So thanks for coming on talking about it. Uh, last thoughts, Bob, Scotty. Hey, just want to thank everybody and hope like hell to see all at SEMA. Stop by and see us. <laughs> yeah. Ariel's going to be there. She's going to come back for her second SEMA. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah, try. Um, before you leave, Rob, I was just wondering, what is the price tag for that? I was going to ask that as well. Oh. Uh, the the unit is uh, map priced at six ninety nine ninety nine, 
And that's American. Yeah. Correct. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Really? Thank you, guys. Thank you, Scotty, man. Scotty, last thoughts? I just want to thank everyone for hopping on tonight. It's It's been a blast. And uh, I'm really jealous because I'm hungry and Nick's dinner looks delicious, even though I thought <laughs> <laughs> so. Definitely. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, my final thoughts are about this watercolor synergy. Uh the interesting part that I didn't read earlier, it's vanilla and milk sugar, which you definitely begin to taste the more you drink. If you've had a lactose, like, uh, you know, something that's got that milky flavor to it, kind of little creaminess to it, uh, mixed with that apricot was, uh, was interesting. It was, it was good. I love the conversation. Thank you guys all for your time and hopping on. It's great to see everybody. Uh, Becca for the first time. Thanks for hopping on Martin, Alex. Great to see you guys as always. Ariel. Thank you, guys. Shawshank. Nick. Ben, good to see you. See you, guys. See you, guys. Okay. Episode is over. If you got any value from it, leave us a review, share the episode, and find us on TikTok. It would mean the world to me. Thank you.